Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Today we're talking to Ashley Michelle. Did I get that right, Ashley? Yes, you did. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. Uh, you're welcome. You know, um, me reading your synopsis, I don't want to let the listeners know exactly what you want to talk about, but what you really want to do is cause an awareness. Am I right? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I would say, you know, in reading what you've been through, I would say... Wow. Triple wow. And you think that women only go through things like this, but I don't know. I think no, men do as well. Yes, they do. But you know what? Men are too ashamed to talk about it. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. So let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, my trauma for me actually started at childhood. Like in 2016 was awfully horrific, but I really had to go back if I really wanted to fully recover and go back to all the way to childhood. So I was bullied. I was teased growing up. Um, I had a father hit me across the head and call me effing stupid. Um, So that like took a toll on my self-esteem, got to college, was in a super abusive relationship, which was physical, mental, verbal, all of it. Um, And then in 2016, in July, I was actually assaulted on a trail while running in broad daylight. And then a couple of weeks after that, I found myself in a middle of a murder scene um, where my ex-boyfriend had just murdered one of his best friends. Wow. And there I was sexually assaulted. I was strangled. I had a knife pointed at my back and I didn't think for a single second that I was getting out alive. Wow, Ashley. And how old are you or how old were you when this occurred? I was 24 and I'm 29 now. Now, um, to the listeners out there, you know, a lot of times people think that what they're going through in their life is so horrible, in which there probably are people who have the same thing has happened or even worse, but you always know one thing is that you're not alone. Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Like I always, even though I was going through something so horrific, I always told myself that there's somebody else going through so much more. You know, I had a roof over my head. I had a great support network. There are people, there are trauma survivors every day worldwide, uh, nationwide that go through horrific things that don't have a single person to help support them. So they end up falling to the streets as a coping method. And I was really, really, truly lucky and grateful that I had a, a great team of detectives, a great police staff. I had incredible friends. I, I couldn't ask for more 
to help me to get to where I needed to be. I had a great counselor. You know, I, I was really fortunate, but there are many people in this world that are not as fortunate um, as myself. And if you knew, if, if there was someone mm-hmm. that was going through at least one or two of the things that you're, you went through, what would you say to them? Um, I would say you'll never get over it, but you will get through it. Um, mm. I would say that self-care is vital. Um, you really find out who your true friends are um, really fast. And you find, you know, like I had to actually cut ties with my biological family as a result. Um, so I no longer speak to my biological parents. I just have my aunt, my grandma. So it's really reevaluating your life, restructuring your life, rebuilding your life from scratch. Um, so like, I would highly recommend moving, getting yourself a new place if you can afford it. Counseling is vital, obviously, right away. Um, Uh, Really putting yourself first and foremost, because that's the only way that you're going to heal. And you want to be able to deal with all of your emotions, because if you hide those emotions, they will catch up with you sooner or later. Like I know people who keep themselves busy with work and projects, so they don't have to think about it. And that's not helping. That's only creating a bigger problem down the road you want to be able to heal and grow and learn from your experience and take it as a teaching tool to help somebody else you know i i'm also an author and um i've written a book called grow through what you go through and all of the it's like uh self-help books um right but i totally understand that um so of course i have to clap for grandma and auntie (laughs) grandma's always there right oh yeah like my grandma was like my mom practically growing up like she taught me how to read how to write my grandfather was right there he was like a dad to me so I'm really fortunate my cousins too and then like everybody in my circle like I have a sister who's literally become like my biological sister practically um you know I'm I'm really really grateful like you know, family is not defined by blood. I'm a big believer in that family is what you make it to be. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're the ones that will step up for you and be there. Like my friends, some of my closest friends that I consider family gave up their lives weeks on end to be at a trial for me. Wow. There's no, there's no amount of thanks or appreciation that I could ever give them to tell them exactly how much I genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. There are no amount of words to say like how grateful I truly am. So the last trauma, you you explained to me what happened. Where are you now in life? Like what's going on? What's all the good yummy stuff going on? Um, well, I've written a book called Finding Strength Through Tragedy. So that was actually, thank you. That was actually a really great healing process for me. You know, most people would find that very difficult, but it's almost like creating a journal. Um, so I focus on a lot of topics that people don't really want to talk about. Like there's still so much stigma around mental health. Like I talk about PTSD, anxiety, depression. I talk about personal experience. I talk about statistics. I talk about, you know, the symptoms to look out for. Um, I talk about domestic violence because, you know, I've had so many people in my life that have been like so 
quick to judge, even when I was in my first relationship, you know, like, why don't you just leave him? Well, if only it was that easy or people will be like snap out of depression. Well, if only it was that easy, but like, Mm -hmm. we know it very well. That's not the reality of those situations. Like on average, it takes a woman eight or nine times before she leaves, you know, one in four men are abused by domestic violence. One in three women are abused by domestic violence. And you know, like, it's not that easy to leave because you're at your highest risk of death when you leave your abuser. That's called separation assault. So I talk about that as well in my book. I talk about who I am today. I talk about finding love after tragedy, um, in which I have. Um, Yeah. So I'm really, really grateful. I mean, he's been a huge support and I'm so incredibly lucky every day. And I, and I count my blessings for him. Um, so yeah. And then working on blogs. Um, I also have my own YouTube channel called Ashley inspires. Um, so that focuses some of my blogs focus on obviously mental health. Um, they also focuses on, um, what happens when trauma resurfaces, they focus on, you know, why a woman doesn't just leave. They focus on how my experience is now turned into a life sentence. Like, the person who committed this murder and went away to jail, they have a life sentence. Yes, but so do I. And so does the deceased family. We're also in a life sentence because every time a parole hearing comes up, we have to go or we get parole packages now. Um, so it's like people think that when the trauma's over, it's, it's over and done with, but it's not like, you know, it'll keep popping up, you know, the anniversaries, they're never forgotten. Those parole letters that come, you could be having the best day of your life and get one of those parole letters. And it just sends you like 10 steps backwards. That's when you got to get in front of it. And you got to talk to your counselor, you got to go to group therapy or whatever it is that you do for yourself. So you don't take 10 steps backwards, you got to get in front of it. Nobody else is going to do that for you except for you. Wow, you're right. The, the part that, well, when you just said that in the relationship, when you're having problems or if the person's not good for you and you may talk to people about it or people may see it and they say, why don't you just leave? Yes, it's always easier for the person outside looking in to tell you, oh, just drop it and leave. Oh, just forget it. Ignore yeah. it. Because it's, it's a part of your heart. That's what exactly. they once were. I understand that. Yeah. In social media, right? Like social media betrays so much stuff. Like you think because somebody posts a picture of them smiling that they're the happiest person on earth, but sometimes that's not even the case. Mm. And, and, and when you started counseling, if you don't mind sharing, sure. what was some of the first steps that your counselor told you to do? going all the way back, like digging deep, like my trauma just didn't start in 2016. Like I had to go all the way back to my childhood. I had to, um, uncover things that were from my past that were still hurting me. Like in order for you to heal, you have to heal everything, not just one part of the trauma, but all of it. I think that's the biggest stepping stone into healing and, you know, being successful in your healing is, is diving into everything that you've been through and, everything that has gotten you to that place and really, you know, building myself up to like self-confidence and all that stuff. Like that took a huge hit on me. Like I got acne for the first time. I still have acne scars. I mean, that's something I still have to deal with and getting eczema on my legs for the first time, you know, that really took a hit to me. So, you know, dealing with the self-esteem and counseling, dealing with like that you're worthy enough, like really, 
talking about yourself and not being able to be afraid to express any type of emotion or any type of past trauma. Just that's what I was going to ask you about the emotion because it does it counsel in counseling for a situation like that. Does tears are tears good or bad? I think tears are absolutely normal. I mean, I'm a big person that wears my heart on my sleeve, um, okay. which is sometimes a curse and a blessing. I'm not going to lie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) because like, sometimes like it makes you super emotional. It makes you overthink, like it can drive you crazy. Like I am, I'm probably the person that's the most emotional. Like I cry at a commercial sometimes, (laughs) like that bad. Um, but no, like I think crying is, is a great way. It's a great way to express and get out whatever you're feeling. If you're mad, be mad. If you, you know, you're sad, be sad. If, if there are moments that you feel happy, be happy. If there was moments that, you know, you don't know how you feel, then that's okay too. But don't be afraid. If you're fearful, feel that, like feel whatever you need to feel in order to get through it. Yes, because I believe listening to what you just said, the reason why to me, that's valid is because if you re- don't all of those emotions that we go through, it's like pra- practice on being who not happy about what makes you happy, what doesn't, and um, when you're emotionless, because I'm I've been around people where they'll say, "Don't cry," and the situation to you is a crying situation, and exactly. you hold it in. So you're suppressing emotion because you're around someone that don't want to deal with it. They don't want to have no part of it. So it's like, don't cry. And, and that's that going to be the breakthrough yeah. moment. You know what I mean? I've yeah. been around people like that. Like, don't cry. Just forget about it. Let it go. And that can and do it, more damage. Yes, because you're holding in an emotion. That's why emotions were put in us. And, you know, I've met emotionless people and you look at them like, how do they do that? Like, do they just block everybody out in all situations? Right. Absolutely. You know, um, so your inspiration for writing the book, when did you make the decision to write the book or did someone plant that seed in your mind? Like, you should write a book. A little bit of both. Um, So I was actually talking to somebody else who went through some horrific stuff in her past. And she's like, man, Ashley, like you got enough to like write a book. And I like I hemmed and hawed about it. I was like, I don't know. And then one day I just got out my computer and I just started, you know, typing away, not thinking anything of it. And, you know, I'm so happy that I did this. It was probably the best thing that I ever did because I know that it's going to help someone else. I mean, some proceeds from the book also go to helping survivors of crime. Like, I wish I could tell you what happened to me was an isolated situation, but it's not like this is a worldwide epidemic. There are survivors of crime every single day. Um, And there are really young girls that are survivors of crime, Um, young boys that are survivors of crime. So I mean, I just want to be able to shed a light and inspire as many people as I can and help them understand that, you know what, you can get through it. You can get to the other side. Yes, it's a lot of work. It's, you know, a lot of determination and motivation. And it's, 
it's sometimes it's day by day, sometimes it's hour by hour, and sometimes it's minute by minute. You know, you take it as slow as you want to go. Like it's your journey and, you know, you just have to be able to step up and and be the best that you can be for yourself because nobody else is going to help you along the way, except for you. Like, yes, you have support people, but nobody can make the choice to, you know, heal, but you, you have to be willing to take that first step. You have to be able and be willing to talk to a counselor, go to group therapy, find your passion, find what motivates you. You know, for me, that's blogs, journaling in the gym. Um, for some people, it may be completely different. You know, it may be going for runs, knitting, sewing, you know, cooking. Um, it can be a hundred different things, but it's, you got to find something to like, you know, dive into and, and not forget your trauma, but something to help you, something that gives you that extra push to get up in the morning, that extra motivation in the day. Um, it's all about finding what you're passionate about again in life. And like I said, you know, totally starting from scratch. Wow. Starting from the bottom. Wow. And I, you know, you were blessed to have your grandmother, but can you imagine just like you said, someone who doesn't have that, you know, that part of the family. Well, that's when, you know, I think to myself, then people end up turning like the detectives before they even asked me anything. They're like, can you make us a promise? And I said, sure. They're like, please promise us you won't turn to the streets for drugs or prostitution or et cetera. And I was like, like what? Yeah, like absolutely. I promise I'm not going to do that. And that's just tells you right there that how high the statistics are for young people to turn to the streets as a coping method. And, you know, when I see people on the streets, I don't ask myself why I ask myself, why not? What horrific trauma did they go through to get to that point? Like Mm. what, what is their story? I believe that like every person that's on the streets has a story, you know, maybe they lost their house in a fire, you know, maybe they lost both of their parents in a car accident. I believe that everybody has a story and some people, you know, can heal and and deal with things. Some people feel like their only way out is to just numb the pain and get into drugs and get into alcohol, which is totally, totally not the answer. But some people feel like that's their only coping method, unfortunately. Wow. Did, did, if you don't mind me asking, did you turn to drugs at any point? And, you know, we're going back to when you were in school. And you were going through, you know, your parent situation. No, I didn't. I didn't turn to drugs. Um, I did have a suicide attempt. Actually, it's it'll be five years on this Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I heard more stuff from the trial and and everything like that, and everything was just weighing on me. And um, I took some pills that I were not supposed to mix with alcohol, and I did, and mm-hmm. I lost an entire day of my life. Um, And I, you know what, like, I was like, how could I, I was like, how selfish is that? Like people need you to get justice served. They need you to be there for the deceased's family. They, they need you and you're going to be selfish and try to take your own life because you don't want to deal with your emotions. Um, that's, that's the part where I, I did struggle. I just, and I had so many people in my circle and still, it just, I still ended up trying to take my own life because I just wanted to numb it all out. I was so tired. I was just drained mentally, physically. Like I, I tuned everything out. I mean, I went to work, I came home and slept 
because I, I, and usually I'd go to the gym. Like usually I'm like the biggest gym person ever. Like I, I, the gym literally saved my life, but I couldn't even be motivated to go to the gym. Like I had no motivation, no drive, no, no, nothing. I just felt so empty. And, and where did you work at that time? I actually worked as, and I started a new job as a nanny at that time. And I was working for good life fitness at the time. So I was quite busy. Um, but still I was just, I, when I got home, I just wanted to just, and not, I didn't drink every day, but I, I just wanted to like, I honestly, I rather have slept because then if I sleep, I'm not, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not, mm. you know, people fight like to like go to sleep after something, <laughs> but I, just, I wanted, I literally wanted just to sleep. I just, did, did you hard. dream? That's why I giggled. I said, well, wow. I wonder if, because I know I've had situations happen in my life and I would dream about it because it was on my mind before I fell asleep. There were times, yes, that I, I did dream about it and that would startle me and wake me up in the middle of the night. Absolutely. There were some really horrific sleepless nights for sure. I mean, that comes with PTSD nightmares and flashbacks. Um, so I, I, I did have that, but again, I just wanted to, you know, numb out as much emotion as I could, because like I said before, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I, the emotions were just so overpowering. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I actually have a t-shirt collection with hearts on the sleeve with all of these quotes, because it's, it's very few people that wear their heart on their sleeves are the most hurt people. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Absolutely. For okay, sure. Really- and you, you really have to smile off a lot of things that may be said to you or done. And um, I'm so sorry that you went through that. But guess what? I'm proud of you. Look at you now. You were, Did you see yourself being where you are now? No, I don't think I did. I, I don't think I did. Like, I, I really had so much guilt. I had so much shame for being alive. Like, I hated myself that I was alive. I felt so guilty for crossing the street. I, I just felt guilty for being here. And I didn't know that I would even like remotely get past that, yet alone be in a relationship today, yet alone write a book, have a YouTube channel. I I didn't think that those things were a possibility, but you know what? I have someone who's really good in my life. Um, He actually uh, opened Pandora's box for me. Him and I were on Rogers television today and he's the one that's really supported my journey. He was my first podcast ever. And um, he just believes in me so much. So it's having those people that believe in you and support you a hundred percent that make this all worth it. You know, and, and not even, um, a person in your situation, just period support when you, especially if you come from a pretty close family, you expect them to support, have, you know, to support you on your endeavors. And it's right. just not like that. But let's talk about your hubby. <laughs> so where did you meet him? Um, I actually met him through his um, work. Um, at, he's like a, well, he used to be a bus driver, but isn't anymore. He works in a different section in that. Um, so yeah, he's just, he's so incredible. Like he's so sweet. He's so down to earth. Um really supportive, um, like tells me he's proud of me all the time. Um, I, I just cannot say enough 
kind words about him. Like I, I think the stars for him every day. I didn't think guys like him existed. Like even after like everything happened with my ex, I, I literally dated here and there, but there's a lot of jerks in this world. I'll tell you. And, um, so I, I was totally okay with being on my own for the rest of my life. I was totally okay with that. And, mm, me too. <laughs> and then like, I met him and just like everything changed. Like we just actually celebrated our three months. So that was really nice and brought me these flowers. Um, so you know what? He shows me that he appreciates me. And I think that that's how it should be. And I, I didn't think that I could open myself up to love or remotely feel love in that type of romantic way. Um, mm. because I've been hurt so much. I, I mean, trust for me is, is really difficult. Um, but I, you know, I'm a big believer in, in trust, honesty, transparency in a relationship. I think if you don't have those things, then what type of relationship do you have? I agree. And, and was it, okay, you said he's a good guy and so far he's your support system and he's, he's there. Did your heart trust him right away or did it really take time? Did everything he do seem like, hmm. Oh, like everything he did was like, I don't even believe this. Like he opens the car doors for me. Like I'm 29 years old and never in my entire life of dating have I ever had a guy open the car door for me. I like, (laughs) like it's the small little things that you don't expect. We went to a restaurant one time and he got mad at me because he's like, I'm supposed to pull out the chair for you. And like, I'm not used to those things. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like, you know, his actions and his words they meet each other where I've had a lot of guys like talk the talk but not walk the walk and I really think that he's a reflection of both I have another question and I'm going this may be I want to see how you could work this out listen to this so I'm going to give you numbers age numbers and I want you to give the uh, advice to that person because they went through what you went through Okay, sure. 16. Um, don't turn to the streets, drugs, or alcohol. Um, you know, reach out to your community resources. Um, find love and support. Build relationships. Go to group therapy because you might find somebody that is going down the same path as you. 22. Again, get in counseling right away. Um, that's vital self-care, finding things that you enjoy, that you're passionate about, um, never giving up on yourself. 35. And this person is older than you. So (laughs) I would say like the same advice, like, you know, keep going, um, take moment by moment, take day by day. Don't get too overwhelmed. Uh, Focus only on what you can do at the time. Um, feel every single emotion. Don't be, you know, super guarded, you know, let down your guards when it comes to yourself and feel everything that you need to feel. Well, I, I want to ask you a question. Um, I, you know what I have a hard time with putting, uh, things behind me when something was really done and it's, it's, you know, nothing if someone is doing something to me, I 
about in order to move to your next step or your next whatever. What's the advice to me on how to just let it go? <laughs> um, that's something that I'm still learning myself. I think, you know, have, have your moment that you need to, and, you know, then you focus on something that you love and that you're passionate about rather that be somebody that you're in a relationship with. You know, I think it's important too to like, uh, yes, let it go. But obviously, like talk to somebody you really trust about it get it off your trust. Because if you hold it in, it's only going to be worse and worse. So mm -hmm. definitely talk to somebody you trust about it. And, you know, just remember, you've done the best that you can. And you put your foot forward. And you know what, sometimes it's, it's not enough. And sometimes it is enough. And as long as that you're being the best version of yourself that you can be, I think that's all you can ask for. Thank you so much, Ashley, for this wonderful interview. We will remain friends. I All my people I remain friends with. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. And never forget, I love you. <laughs>